Hello and welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read manga before. Hosted by Deb Aoki, David Brothers, Christopher Butcher, and me, Chip Sadarsky. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at mangasplaining.com. Okay, so um, I'm the host this week, and I know that's weird for you. It's weird for me. It's weird for everyone here. But uh, what happened was I saw the trailer for the new Netflix, uh, I think they call it anime show, <laughs> called <laughs> uh, Way of the House Husband. Uh, and uh, I discovered it was uh, uh, based on a, a manga, which, as we all know, is a Japanese comic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really wanted to uh, read the comic before I saw the anime, so I could be one of those assholes who are like, mm, "It's not as good as the manga." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all of you <laughs> afforded me the opportunity to do that, so that's why I am an expert on this now. <laughs> you can ask me all the questions you want about this new title that we're doing this week, which is "The Way of the House Husband" by, and I'm going to fuck up this pronunciation. <laughs> Kosuke Uno. Nope. Double O is long O. Actually, double O is long O and O-U in his first name is also long O. They've chosen two different romanizations. Kosuke Ono. Kosuke Ono. Yeah. All right. I nailed it. I nailed it. (laughs) The way the house has been is actually, from what I understand, it's a relatively new title starting in Japan in like 2018. Is that about right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And it's uh, first... Okay, perfect. And its first four volumes have been released by uh, Viz, of which everyone here except for me currently works for or has worked for in the past. <laughs> and <laughs> The Way of the House Husband is about a guy named Tatsu, who is formerly of the Yakuza, which is the uh, Japanese mafia, something else uh, I know that I'm telling all our readers <laughs> and listeners. <laughs> um, formerly a Yakuza member, feared who went by the name the Immortal Dragon, and for reasons unknown to uh, the reader, uh, he no longer is a part of that world, and he has decided to support his graphic designer wife by being a house husband. And uh, this is a uh, charming, hilarious book about uh, his adventures in being a house husband and pulling in uh, various characters from his past. You know, let me start this off. Christopher, what did you think of <laughs> Way of the House Husband? First off, that was an excellent introduction for your first time. Way to go, buddy. Oh, Real thank proud. You. Thank Real you proud of that. Much. I loved this. I loved it. Loved, loved it. I actually was reading the first volume just laughing out loud constantly. It was kind of ridiculous, actually. Like, I felt self conscious at one point because I was laughing so loud and Andrew was in the other room. <laughs> so, yeah, I. I like this one. I like this one a lot. Deb, how about you? Oh, I'm um, sorry, Christopher. <laughs> oh no, I got more. Let me let me, hand, let me handle oh. that. Uh. Deb, how about you? Oh. I thought we were passing the torch. That was like hot potato. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, all right. I was like, Fuck. Okay, I'm done talking. <laughs> Deb, you take it, please. I have nothing else to say. It's just good. <laughs> oh, it's. I mean, it's um, it's really well done. Um, it's super funny. I mean, as Chris said, when I first read it, I. I laughed out loud quite on several times. My favorite is the the time when uh, he has to deal with the Roomba, and and then the, and then then the cat gets into the picture and has a run in with the Roomba, and it leads to yeah all kinds of misunderstandings in the neighborhood. But for the most part, I think you know tra- translating humor is very difficult, and mm. 
what I think was really delightful was that this won the Eisner Award in 2020 for best humor publication, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of unusual because Eisner's does not typically give a, an award to manga outside of the, the manga ghetto award, mm-hmm. so to speak. So, it was, I mean, and that, that speaks to how, how universally fun this book is. It's, it's just ridiculous, right? I mean, this guy, he's got a scar on his face. He looks super serious no matter. And he has like the Yakuza version of resting bitch face. Where like, <laughs> <laughs> like he just, everywhere, oh, he just really has good. to look at somebody and he, he looks like he's trouble, right? But he means mm-hmm. well. And he takes his housework super duper seriously. Urko, the way of the house husband, you know, it's kind of like, mm. like the way of the way of Bushido, the way of like judo, you know, the, like he's a warrior. He is a household cleaning, cooking warrior. <laughs> he takes everything super seriously, even silly things like making a character bento for his wife. Mm, and, that um, first story, that first story with the character bento killed me. It's really it's cute. So Taking care. And then he. He has to deal with going to the supermarket and he gets really excited when the cabbage is like like a dollar ahead. It's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's kind of amazing how they that this just continues to be really fun. I mean, over the four volumes, you know, he finds new ways to tap into make this funny, like more yakuzas like are retired and pop up in the neighborhood. More more neighbors, you know, have to deal with him being kind of kooky. It's mm, I think it's it's really cute, and it's yeah. I guess the only reason why sometimes I think it's easy to take for granted how well this works is that mm. there has been a spate of I I don't want to say copycat but similar books out there where mm. they try to make the lovable yakuza right the lovable mm. yakuza in a in a weird world like a, there's one called the yakuza's guide to babysitting and it's nowhere near as good <laughs> nowhere near as clever that and sounds nowhere like near such fun. a clear ripoff yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's the trick to making money, though, is be the second out of the gate, I guess. <laughs> just, just a second, let me write that down just so I can <laughs> tackle that later. David, what did you think? I So one thing I don't talk about a whole lot is uh, I would read anything when I was younger, and I loved Irma Bombeck books, if you know her. Oh, oh yeah, know. yeah. Housewife humor, basically. Mm, yeah. And yeah. this is that plus gangster movies, which are another <laughs> one of my favorite things. So, like, obviously, I'm in the target audience for this. I would have not, not not have thought that off the top <laughs> of my head. The perfect Venn diagram for yeah. <laughs> like if you knew like all the dumb jokes I don't say out loud, you would totally get it. <laughs> but like the thing that you know, you mentioned uh, one of your favorite parts. The part that I loved was when he tussles with one of the guys, the rival yakuza, uh, and he slips the gloves, the mittens on the guy, and he has like a hard <laughs> flashback and collapses, like just overcome with emotion. It's that's such a good trope from several different types of stories. Like the flashback to your mom, like, oh, you know, this feels like I used to feel before I ruined my life. (laughs) There's just a lot going on, and I like all of it. Yeah, even the little between chapter picture of him, like smiling at the gloves. (laughs) Those are so great. Yeah, that reminds me. That picture. I love how many little little bits have been added to this like Mm -hmm. it feels like a really complete package you know what i mean like the end of chapter illustrations in between the one story and the next so so good anyway i didn't mean to interrupt go ahead go ahead yeah i was gonna ask chip what he thought about it i mean you said it was charming and hilarious earlier so i kind of have a a hunch i'm gonna award this uh a prize (laughs) which is the the multi-volume chip prize 
Nice. I immediately bought volume two and then went and bought volume three and four the next wow whoa that's the first for the show i think it's a first for the show the only other time that's happened to me in 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 just in reading comics as an adult is um when i bought saga Mm. like i bought saga because i wanted to check out the uh the trade design on it because i had to do the trade design for sex criminals Mm -hmm. i bought it to beguiling shout out beguiling in Mm. toronto and uh I, I started to take the subway home and I was reading it and I almost got to the end by the time I got home and I actually turned around. And I went right back to the big island to get volume two. So like, wow. Oh, I'm like, this is candy. It's just like candy. You just want to keep uh, consuming it. Mm-hmm. I haven't felt that way about a comic uh, in, in a long time, in a very long time. And um, it, it's my kind of humor and it's my friend's kind of humor. Like I immediately started texting images of this to um, my collaborator, Matt Fraction. Mm. And uh, and I said, this is like a Hawkeye gag. Like, some of them are just like, <laughs> okay. like just absolutely. He's like, he's like, oh my god! And like, so he's he's going to start reading it too. Not only is it super funny, it's so well made. Like this yeah. is the first volume, the second volume especially. Um, just some beautiful, beautiful cartooning and beautiful drawings, and the comedic timing of the drawings too mm. is just like it's super elegant and refreshing. There, there are so many parts that I just adore. That I, I mean, I'm assuming it's all digital. Like, there's so many weird, fun digital tricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in volume one, he presents the guy with his patented hamburger steak plate, <laughs> and he takes a he takes a bite. This guy takes a bite, and the drawing of him. He's kind of grayed out and leaning back with a single tear. And it's just like, <laughs> I've never seen a, a drawing sum up euphoria so <laughs> elegantly than this one toss away drawing of this guy eating hamburger. Or even like with Tatsu crashing into the car and his head going right in the window. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that, that's <laughs> the single panel of that action. It's so well drawn. <laughs> like I'm, 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 I'm envious of so much about this. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The secondary characters, the cartooning of them is is amazing. Everyone feels very distinct, mm-hmm. which is something that in, in previous works we've looked at sometimes isn't the strong suit. Mm. Here, every character is just it's just their own character and just absolutely perfect. And they're just such great cartooning things I would never ever think to do. Like when he runs across a, like rival gang and they realize who he is, and the one guy's legs start shaking. <laughs> and it's like right. it's, it's like these speed line effects to create that mm. and you know exactly what's happening even though it's 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 never been done in a comic that i've read before that that very specific kind of like shake motion mm-hmm. uh it's gorgeous it's all just gorgeous there's mm. so much even like him thinking about what could happen when they were testing the new car Oh yeah, yeah. That was, out, that and was everyone he sees as a potential enemy, and it's going to be a hit. Like the way it was cartooned, where like, like his thought bubble became the panel, and it just kind of led you into that, mm-hmm. you know, that thought. Like it's just super, super good. It's it's wild, and and just like the small funny parts. I'm just kind of talking about everything I love. But when he was talking to the guy who makes crepes, <laughs> and they they butt heads. <laughs> and it's just this really intense thing where he's just like talking to him calmly, but they're like th- so close together. Yeah, it's just like this amazing, intense bit of drawing. Yeah, the the, the yakuza resting bitch face. <laughs> that, that's a perfect way to put it. Like, 
the artist has managed to capture this perfectly terrifying expression that is serene yeah mm-hmm. and handsome and scary like whenever he, he interacts with like normal people and he's like ah oh, he's just he's so frightening yeah <laughs> like it's but he's not but he is like i can't even i, can't, I love the I can't kid who was just it. overwhelmed <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I need to go sit in a corner. <laughs> it's uh yeah, everything about it is fantastic and it, it also kind of finally convinced me of these kind of like essentially it's a gag comic, right? Like yeah. each chapter is just its own little story and al- almost all of them have like weirdly abrupt endings to them. <laughs> <laughs> and at first that threw me off. I think the first one was like, oh, "Wait, did I did I miss something? And I went back and reread it. Yeah. But then once you get into the rhythm of it, it's like, yeah. oh no, this is this is the style, and it works so well. And I don't like. I was buying the other volumes partly to see some advancement of the characters mm-hmm. and to see if new characters get brought in. But I also accepted that that might not happen, and I'm okay with it because it's just so damn funny. It doesn't matter. Mm. Which is which is. Like, you know, we were, uh, Yotsuba is probably the closest thing we've read that kind of has that feel, mm-hmm. like these kind of these little chapters. It could go the Delicious in Dungeon route, because Delicious in Dungeon doesn't actually really dig into the plot until volume five, and True. only the first four are out here, where all of a sudden it's like, oh, they actually get to the dragon in volume five. <laughs> uh, I guess yeah. they may actually rescue, might actually rescue the sister that is being digested. And I was, I've only read, I read the first two, and like you, man. I was angry at the end of the second volume that I didn't have volume three and volume four right there. I was yeah. like, Oh, I might actually go grab these digitally, but no, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to oh. be good. I'm going to have physical copies. Uh, a weird thing happens where volumes three and four, the art isn't as good. Oh yeah. Oh weird. It, it, it drops just slightly enough. There's like, it's funny. There's a, there's a volleyball scene in two, I think. Mm. Oh, I and love the volleyball Oh yeah. Episode. That's a good one gorgeous it's so good and then there's a volleyball scene in four Hmm. kind of a callback to it that is Hmm. not as good like it's not as well drawn it's not as well kind of choreographed and and slightly confusing in in areas Hmm. and uh and and i think that's the only it's the downside to the success i think is that the artist clearly spent a lot of time and probably like burnt out doing volumes one and two because one is great two is even better then three is the drop off, and four doesn't quite recover. But but like it's it's one of those things where like a bad drawing by this artist is so much better than the great drawings of most artists. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think a lot of people will notice that. Maybe it's just me. I was curious how you would feel about that. Um, like I think a lot of the drawings like they feel photo referenced in an interesting way. They yeah, are uh, yeah. like completely cartooned on top of the photo at the same time yeah yeah and that's it's funny because i just had a conversation with an artist today i've been working with a new newer artist on a project and he just finished it and he sent an email saying hey you know this uh i love working with you chip chip you're the best chip this has been an opportunity of a lifetime (laughs) i know i know i was whatever but he he asked me in the email you know what are things that you know i can work on and that was like kind of my number one thing, which is that a lot of us, including myself, use photo reference. But the trick is to spend a lot of extra time after the fact, making it not look like photo reference, like mm-hmm. making sure your 
you're using it as a, a launch pad, not as your kind of final product, because mm -hmm. that's where the great cartooning comes in. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is in volume two, so I'm just like, I'm, I don't even care that we're supposed to talk about volume one. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's still volume one, the, the Crepe Slinger, where they have to take photos. Oh, the Instagram battle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Instagram. Yeah. And just like the, the, the kind of poses they're getting into to get those perfect shots is uh oh it's volume it's, two yeah 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 it's so these two clear, tough dudes some, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, some photo, there's some photo reference going on for sure but yeah. the cartooning of it is so perfect yeah oh and the gag too the fact that like <laughs> one gets zero likes and one gets one, one like <laughs> <laughs> that's how they sell this this is so good I'll say the um, the uh, the page that I sent Matt that I said felt like a Hawkeye gag was his buddy Massa, who's being mm. surrounded by the guys, and he's like, "Just a second and he's oh, like he googling Googles. how to, <laughs> yeah, like <how to laughs> more than one guy or whatever. It's it's a perfect, the perfect gag. Yeah, so well composed, and it, it feels very much like something that that Fraction would write, <laughs> which is the highest honor I can give a thing, really. <laughs> like it's extreme, but it's just on that level of this could be real. Yeah. That is like really good. But when he uh when he slaps Massa mm. so hard that he gets knocked through a window and it's just like an open handed <laughs> slap and he's like two panels of rolling away from that slap. <laughs> I was dying. I was dying when he slaps this dude for being stupid so oh. hard he knocks him through a window. Cause it's like, yeah, that's so so yakuza that's like yakuza film the photo reference stuff there's a couple there's a couple of the the like real shots of him as like being a badass the like ones that you could tell he put a ton of work into that i feel like are photo referencing very specific moments from yakuza film mm -hmm. there's there's one where i think it's in the crepe battle but it might be somewhere else in the second volume where like he's got the he's got the like knife tucked into his belly and he's like lunging forward and he's gonna like sort of stab upwards kind of a thing that looked photo reference straight out of a like a real famous like stab with a sword kind of a moment. And I think yeah. if I was more familiar with Yakuza films, which I'm I, I am sadly not like I have, you know, <laughs> I have the <laughs> fucking anime otaku's like overview of this shit. Yeah. Also, I've played the Yakuza games. I want to talk to you about the Yakuza games and how this interacts with that. By the way, David. Um, I could totally tell that there are there are real callbacks there are real moments in here that are for like oh you you like yakuza stuff as much as i do this mm -hmm. is for you this is for you like it, you could feel it on the page you could feel how much you loved it but yeah. i did want to go back to your one point i'm reading the wikipedia now which i did not actually do i didn't do any research for this episode because you were hosting and i wanted to make you do it <laughs> <laughs> i researched the name and i pronounced it wrong so <laughs> <laughs> don't worry it's those double those those double uh, vowels are tough so this was originally published the first five chapters of volume one were published as a limited series in a magazine this dude had never this is actually his first ongoing manga he's only done like some short stories like that have been collected as a volume but these first five chapters that are in this book were it like this is i, I feel like he gave it everything he had for yeah. these first five and i actually thought that the first book was stronger overall than the second book was the first couple mm -hmm. stories in the second book were like a little bit weaker but then it just kicks into gear in the middle of the second volume and it ends i think higher i think you could see that mm -hmm. that as a writer especially he's elevating 
what he's doing. I was really, really blown away by just how composed the manga was. You know what I mean? For especially for an early work, like yeah, he's like he's found his style. It looks really consistent all the way through. Like I haven't read volume four. I don't know where the art goes, but like this is like a thoroughly conceived book. And the design, I think whoever we didn't talk about translation or design. Uh, Deb and I's buddy Jenny LeBlanc is the uh, translator of this one, and I think especially for because humor is so tough, she did an amazing job. Amazing job. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And David's buddy Jenny LeBlanc, David, yeah, it's, David's it's coworker fine. Jenny LeBlanc. Whoops. We're sorry, at most David. acquaintances. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> I can hear her voice in some of these. The dialogue is like, yeah, oh yeah, that, that's how she talks. <laughs> yeah. uh, she actually didn't translate. She did the adaptation, which is sort of oh, like she did the, the adaptation. Oh, Amanda Haley. That's was the translator. Uh, oh, actually, in the first volume, volume it's, it says Sheldon Drizka as yeah. the translator of volume one. So yeah, let's talk about that real quick. A thing we haven't talked about, and I, I thought it was going to come up first in the Paradise Kiss episode, is that a lot of books now are translated for North American audiences, but don't have a level of English adaptation on top of that, necessarily. Um, that the translator, like the editor, the David, in this case, might come in and like zhuzh it a little bit to to smooth out some of the translation to make it more English, more proper English. Back in the day, Tokyo Pop really split when they when in the manga boom, Tokyo Pop split the duties into translation and English adaptation. So you would get this like raw translation, like here's what this actually says. Now make it work. And that's how Chip, our friend Kelly Sue DeConnick, for example, ended up doing rewrites of manga like Blue Spring, or I think she did Fruits Basket for a while. About 10 volumes of Slam Dunk as well. Oh, it's a volume of Slam Dunk. Yeah. So yeah. And also so, my friend Kelly Sue DeConnick, Chris. Oh, are you well, friends yeah. with Kelly Sue DeConnick as well? Going yeah. on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Fine. Deb doesn't know her. That's That's what's important here. <laughs> it's true. I don't. <laughs> She's great. Uh, you'd love her. I think that this that this has an English adaptation is because humor is so difficult and getting someone to come in and really work with these jokes and make sure that they work in the English language. I only maybe stumbled once in volume one and maybe half a time in volume two on like one word balloon of like, oh, it's not as smooth as it could be for a humor publication, but that's actually really good because I'm such a picky bitch, honestly, <laughs> about manga. But yeah, so Paradise Kiss, we'll get into it then, but like the um, original version had a complete rewrite done from the translation. Then the re-release did not. And I'm really excited to compare the two as part of that episode. But anyway. On, on this one, I stumbled a little bit every once in a while when he kind of, when the main character would slide into kind of a more casual speech. Mm. Like, yeah, you know, you ain't like kind of like what you picture, like a kind of like Italian gangster because because it would only be kind of like half the time, half the time he was intense and you could tell like there's like strong enunciation on everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it would slide into like, like kind of like a less intelligent speech pattern. But I, um, I, I viewed him as being very like intense and focused and like, I do this for my wife. And like, <laughs> you know, like when he's, I've got the crepe slinger thing up here again. He's like, I'm a house husband and you're a crepe slinger. I think you know how we have to settle this. <laughs> like, like there's that kind of like, but I picture like a samurai film or a Yakuza film, like this kind of intensity, but then it would slip into like kind of, yeah, you know what I mean? Like that kind of yeah. Tony Soprano ish voice. 
which mm. would, which that kind of felt weird to me. I felt like he was so intense that he should have this weird focus to his speech as well throughout. And that, that those are the only times it, it kind of tripped me up. I bet those yeah. are like specific uh, word choice situations in Japanese where it's like, this mm. is like the less polite. This is like the more gangstery type mm. can be really hard to translate into English. Like we mostly have just like a couple of ways to say I. Like there's not like a special Italian mobster way to say I, but yeah, there kind yeah. of is in Japanese is, uh, yeah. in a way. Yeah. So some of that stuff mm-hmm. like super hard to translate. And I think that's sort of why an, uh, an ad- adapter, adaptationer, localizer, important to have for sometimes localizer. There we go. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the, the I, I, I joke from uh, your name all over again. Mm-hmm. Watashi Boku Ore. <laughs> that the the teenage boys do basically it's all it's just three words that mean i mm-hmm. and it's the shoot the word choice gives away things about the character who's saying it in an interesting way and it's it's impossible i'm sure they did it like i'm sure they they translated it but that kind of stuff is really tough uh i mm-hmm. yeah when you get it right they get it right and i actually i didn't mind too much uh, his voice what did you think I noticed there's like three levels. There's like the gravelly super Yakuza where they change the font up. There's the like super intense. And then there's the like funny reaction shots where he's like, just like trying to buy a, you know, where he's like almost caught unawares and he's like real mm-hmm. deadpan. I thought that those were managed pretty good. I, I've watched a lot more Yakuza movies than Chris, so I can hear yeah, yeah. the voice <laughs> in my head. Oh, you do? Yeah. I, I, like, I love it. I'm a fan. Uh, I'm not like an expert or anything, but I've got a small collection. So, like, I think a lot of the things that Chris saw as homages also, like, people just get stabbed a lot in Yakuza films. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> so. Yeah, because guns yeah, are so, so regulated in Japan. Yeah. yeah. So that's like when, when he goes to the shopping um, street to get his, on the stamp rally, and he goes to the, the kitchen goods store, and he's like, you want a knife, you know, you want a knife, so you know? It's like, no, you know what I want. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know, it works. It's a good, um... Being able to hear the gangster voice in like this perfectly normal setting is a good thing because he's just interacting mm. with normal people. It's almost like watching uh, Bugs Bunny or something, yeah. where he's just always making other people play his game. Like yeah. anyone he sees is like, okay, this guy's a yakuza, so we're going to go through some nonsense for the next ten minutes. Like mm. the knife salesman who comes to the house and is like, <laughs> "Yeah, I should leave." <laughs> <laughs> But it goes both ways, right? Because like sometimes he's talking normal, what he thinks is normal uh, house housewife type talk to the yakuza yeah. guy, and the yak and the yakuza guy's like, "Oh, he's gonna kill me!" Like you know, like <laughs> I'm gonna be swimming with the fishes, like this duck, like this rubber ducky. <laughs> and then the then he tells he then he tells like Momo, that story of Momotaro to these preschoolers in a super menacing way, like Momotaro and yeah. the and the demons are basically two rival gangs out to kill each other. <laughs> so it it it's it's interesting because it's just a simple premise, but he it does it both ways. Yeah, I can't. It's a good one. It's a good I, one. I liked when he threw the rubber ducky and the other two things on that dude. Like he was like he had killed a dude and then threw money at him. Like there's your there's the money I owe you kind of a like moment. But it was just like. A rubber ducky, like cat, <laughs> vegetable peeler with a cat on it. Can I just say, like, what I th- I I love the cat character, Gin. So yeah. great, yeah. He's such a such a, a jerk. I mean, I have I I own I too own a cat that is a real pain in the ass. Um, 
So I recognize that cat. <laughs> but there's that scene and I think volume two where Gin goes to an, a, another cat's yard and tries to poop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, he says, like, well, it's like, go ahead and poop. And he's you know, you scared me. It went back up to shoot. or even before that where it's like i think it's coming out already (laughs) (laughs) which is which is beautiful cute cat expression um that that scene also had like one of my favorite bits of drawing which is the cat starting to shit (laughs) (laughs) The, the pose the pose and those perfect lines around it like it's not like it's like a just a, sh- a shiver, kind of that weird <laughs> shiver that the cat does. This one is like just trying to push it out. It's just perfect. Great, great cartooning on that cat. Amazing. And he has he has a great voice too. He says, "Just what do you think you're doing? Me? Just trying to take a dump, obviously." <laughs> <laughs> take a do dump. they keep that up? So yeah, there's just like a bonus yeah. cat story in this one. Do they do that for every volume? Is it bonus in number three, and number four? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So cat fans, in addition to Yakuza fans, this might be the manga for you. I really, I mean, the, the idea is such a good idea for this whole thing, mm-hmm. but I'm really impressed that it, it avoids the kind of the Mr. Mom tropes. Like okay. it, it plays into them, but also manages to avoid it as well. Cause like the idea of like doing a comic about like a guy staying at home, like just see, feels very uh, backwards. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, as a source of humor, but the 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 extreme yakuza ness of the character, the surrounding characters, like just it's such a perfect way to pull this off mm-hmm. without feeling really regressive. Yeah, because because going into it, I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder if this is going to like push some buttons in me, and I'll be like, oh, I don't know about it, but it's but a perfect also his wife, right? I mean, the wife. How, mm-hmm. There's obviously a backstory how this woman got married to this guy. And they yeah. only mm-hmm. hint at it, mm-hmm. you know? yeah. and that's and, and that's enough to keep you going. It's like, well, he's better I love now. Father in law, so much. I can't wait till I get to see what the wedding looked like because it's so good <laughs> in that introduction chapter where they want to play oh. catch. Di- I was dying at that one. <laughs> when he just keeps fetching the ball for him. Like, yeah. What a great he's idea! He's like a, like a boss and then like a subordinate, and he, yeah. he's like throwing the ball, and he's like, "Good, good throw, sir. Here you go. Here's your ball." Back. <laughs> so, yeah. so good. Uh, and the dad keeps oh. falling back on his ass every time he sees Tatsu because he's just scared shitless of him. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but he so wants good. to make a connection. And that's what's so good about it. So bad. I think that's another example of why this works so well. Is that like. The immortal dragons really amped up, but so is everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> like it's completely a cartoon world, even though it looks like reality. Like his wife clotheslines him out of a window in the first volume. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> there's there's a great bit too. This is again, unfortunately, volume two. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, we're, we're all in. We're all in on volume. All, just read it all, people. Read it all. When he uh, when he doesn't get the prize that he wants or whatever with his stamps and she gets like the stuffed animal or whatever and he goes my wife's smile is the real first place (laughs) (laughs) i said my wife's smile and she slaps him he's like all right enough we get it (laughs) it's so well drawn oh um i i love too that she's like she's just like a nerd like just she's into like anime and manga and stuff that's just not his world and he like (laughs) 
but he's he totally supports it. He's such a supportive husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the polycure the scenes are like when he's looking for her a uh, birthday gift for her, yeah. and he goes mm-hmm. to animate or the 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 nerd store, the the anime mm-hmm. store, and then he comes into the clerk and he says, "Do you have polycure Blu-ray?" And he goes, well, it depends which one you want. Like he just starts rattling off, and then he gives him a karate chop to the throat to shut him up. <laughs> now, which haven't we all wanted to do job. that to those guys at the store? <laughs> it's true. It's uh, I've true. been that guy. Luckily, I never got karate chopped. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. Like that is again another sublime drawing of because mm-hmm. you don't see the chop, you see the aftermath of the chop and the speed yes. run of the chop. Yeah, which just again, that fast. Yeah, just great comic timing. That nerd guy shows up again later when he goes to he goes to a gotcha machine. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, and then he's yeah. kind of like, oh, you know, the, yeah, you know, you got it. There's an art to getting the right toy in these machines. And then he gets like twenty five of the same dumb <laughs> one character that he doesn't want. Yeah, I have felt that. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm I'm curious. David, you might be able to answer this for me. Like, yeah, the the speed of this, like the fact that it debuted in 2018. Uh, I don't know how many volumes are out in Japan, but the fact that Viz has put out four volumes. Like, at what point does Viz know that something is such a hit that they need to get it for the North American market? Uh, this one blew up on Twitter, like to a okay. great deal. Mm. So I think that. This started coming out around when I started at Viz, so I don't know everything. Or started coming out mm-hmm. in Japan around when I started at Viz. But mm-hmm. it was obviously like kind of a funny, good comic to begin with. Yeah. But then seeing the reaction online, you're like, oh no, like this is this is a thing. Yeah. The same way like Saga was like a good first issue, then you're like, oh wait, no, like this is like the juggernaut. This is kind of mm-hmm. the herald of something. I think this book was kind of the same thing. It there's nothing really like it in English right now. Uh, there are other okay. books that like commit to a single dumb joke as hard. Like One Punch Man is a great example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would put those kind of in the same genre, but you know, they're completely different. But like Yakuza humor isn't really a thing here because yeah. we only barely get Japanese gangster movies to begin with. Yeah. But yeah, this was just right place, right time. And we could actually see wh- like how people reacted to it. Mm. So then it was just a matter of hoping they would buy it. What was the reaction at the Viz office when it got nominated for an Eisner, by the way? In the it humor was wild. <laughs> yeah. And it was Jenny who, she deserves a lot of accolades, I think. She was probably pretty happy about it. Hmm. But it was strange because usually manga is just in the, you know, the one category, but there should be more of it in humor or things like that. Because there are manga that might not be the best, you know, like short story, but Delicious in Dungeon is totally a great humor comic, you know? Mm, agreed. Mm-hmm. Speaking of someone who also won in the category of uh, humor, mm-hmm. so I share this award with Way of the House Husband. It's no wonder you love it. I'm furious that they're allowed to be uh, in that category. <laughs> wow. it, it, it takes away opportunities for young up and comers like me to it's true. get Eisner Awards for humorous <laughs> publications. I was just kind of surprised that you that you resonated with this because there's a lot of jokes in here and a lot of scenarios that seem very Japanese. Uh, what in here do you think? Um, oh, I'm too stupid to get them. No, no, just that something. It's like the <laughs> like like the birthday party with the with the that with all the scrolls around and having sake. Like he mm-hmm. he he makes he celebrates Miku's birthday by making it like a party for her a, a mob boss, that kind of thing. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I still got that. 
it was an over the top thing. Mm. Like there's still a joke there, even if I didn't understand that it was, you know, a reference to his uh, mafia Yakuza days. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think there wasn't anything in here that I went like, huh? what's going on? Which either means that the joke works on two levels. And even if I'm not getting one <laughs> level, I'm getting the surface level. Kind of like how, like when, you know, parents used to watch the Simpsons with their kids and <laughs> the kids would laugh at, these jokes and the parents will laugh at those jokes and they both mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Maybe there's a bit of that going on here, but uh, yeah, no, I, I loved it all. Yeah. I thought there were a lot of like Chris mentioned the reference jokes, the Roomba chapter where they come home and he's bloody in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. It's like absolutely the thing where you come back to your headquarters and like your, your buddy's beaten up and he's like, ah, oh, I couldn't fight him off, man. You know, one of those. <laughs> Um, but it's still funny without that context, I think. Yeah, it's still universal. I still got the the fact that, you know, it just plays into the Yakuza side of his past. I don't know how they did it as a live action because that scene where the the cat and the rice cooker and everything's (laughs) flying in the air works because it just seems like this slow motion where all the CG or something. So This is the second week in a row we've read a book with a really great drawing of a thrown bottle, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Him getting bottled by the cat is so funny. The bottle across the face is just such a great, funny drawing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's choosing that exact moment, too. Like, it's not like the bang of the impact. It's like, this is after... Everything. Just when it cracks, oh, it's it's perfect. Yeah. So yeah, there's a live action version of this too. Like I'm I'm floored by the speed of things. Like you know, this is something that you know, you know, inside baseball stuff, we talk about at Marvel a lot now, mm. which is how quickly things go from comics to screen. Mm. Like you know, like Jason Aaron's Thor run is going to be you know the new Thor movie. And that was only like a few years ago that that came oh, out. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, Miles Morales seemed like the, the fastest thing in the world. And he debuted in 2011. <laughs> but, but even now, like there's things that are happening in comics, like, you know, a year ago that are showing up in live action treatments, mm. which is, yeah, which, so the story of this just seems magnificent. Mm. Like the fact that, like it starts serializing in 2018 and there's a live action and then an anime version and like the hit uh, English translations up to volume four. Like that's fast. Like it's amazing how quickly things are spread these days. I think the industry over there is built for that kind of uh, evolution of like specifically a manga of comics. There's definitely like a Shonen Jump manga to anime pipeline, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where it's like we're just going to crank these out as fast as we can. Well, that's that's another question I have. Are there uh, agents there and agencies that do this, like that that find the hit and then handle all that? Sort of. I don't know. There's a, Chris, there's a lot of there's a lot of ex- pre-existing relationships. Let's say, okay. <laughs> like not like, unlike a mob, <laughs> yeah, like like this. Unlike some of the other anime that Netflix is doing, where they're making it in house, like they're licensing the original source material and then creating it. This is actually being made by a studio, and then Netflix is like it was pre-sold to Netflix, sort of. So it's yeah, it's it's these relationships exist between publishers and then television studios, and then you know Netflix and things like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just. Like the the first volume uh, came out in Japan beginning of August in 2018, 
and uh, Viz released the first volume in English in September 2019. And yeah, that's like a year and one month, but that's one of the quickest moves I've like, that's really quick. That's really, really quick. And the fact now that volume five is coming out, when is it coming out? May 18th. Yeah. And that volume debuted in June. Like we're actually getting a little quicker. Like it's, it's, it's in North America. We're speeding up just a little bit uh, behind the Japanese editions, which is good. No one likes it when you have to wait for the Japanese edition, when you actually catch up to the Japanese, because then it's like nine months between volumes. Yeah, and right now wild. it looks like it's a pretty even like, three to four to, to six uh, sort of a thing. You get so. spoiled, you know, that yeah. when, it, when it goes like that and like, like Yotsuba, the, the, the new volume has to come up for two years, even in Japan. Mm. Yeah. The speed of it is also on the American side, um, part of kind of the ongoing evolution of how we get manga uh, mm. because manga piracy is like a huge deal and they basically get magazine scans and put it up like day of or whatever which is really hard to compete with when you make books. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of it is kind of trying to publish things online sooner and then also find the hit series that might not get immediately pirated and put those out as fast as you can. Yeah. Well, that, that, that was actually going to be my question, which was, I don't know a lot about this world, but like fan translations, like when you mm-hmm. say they're being scanned and put online, I'm assuming they're scanned, put online, and some fans are tr- doing their own translations of these. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of how manga fandom originally started back in the 80s. Yeah. But now there's aggregators in the mix that sort of take the fun out of it for everybody. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Are they ever any good? Yeah, actually. Yeah. A lot yeah. Of, I think a lot of translators, it's probably, you know, gauche to say, uh, but a lot of translators started there. And there's like a bad rap because like it is piracy, like that part sucks. Yeah. But people learn by doing. And sometimes you find like a translator on a fan book where you're like, wow, like this person really has it. Hmm. And then, you know, you can kind of nurture that talent if you have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's amazing. not the sort of thing you should put on a no. resume at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I talked a little bit about the on the comic side of things, in, even in Japan, uh, that sort of pipeline of like quasi legal work to published work exists i talked about it in the show notes for what the font but basically doujinshi where you're making like new stories featuring existing characters and selling it at events and things like that that's a huge part of cutting you know you know cutting your teeth like you know practicing your chops sort of thing in in creating yeah. manga so publishers look the other way because that artist just might be someone they would publish down the road that or that that creator might be someone they would publish down the road but when it gets to a certain point and there's a real famous uh, story about uh, <laughs> doraemon when it gets to a certain point the publishers actually have to 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 like be like hey you guys have to fucking chill out with this stuff this like unauthorized merch but uh the funny story about doraemon and i will say it here instead of saving it for the show notes is no one liked how the Doraemon manga ended. That's the blue cat without ears in Japan. You've maybe seen <laughs> Sebe did a did a did a Garfield drawing of of him. Anyway, don't worry about yeah, it. I'll put it, this it is this great. is going to the show notes. But yeah, like the fans in Japan didn't like how the manga ended of this exceptionally long running children's show. So they created a new final chapter uh, and sold it as Dojinshi. And it was huge. Like it was, <gasps> it sold like fifteen thousand copies, twenty thousand copies. I think they just had to keep printing and pre-print, keep printing because so pe- people were so sad about how Doraemon ended. This character they've been with them their whole lives, and these people gave a like exactly perfect, like it looked like the original author drew it, drew it. <gasps> uh, 
new ending that like wrapped everything up and made everyone feel really good. Oh. Uh, and the company had to step in and like season scene D them and like, you know, you have to stop doing this. You have to make a public apology. We want money. Oh. The whole thing. It's a crazy story. I'll link it in the, uh, in the oh, show notes. Oh, I didn't like, know this story. It's amazing. But like and... until it sold 15 or 20,000 copies, it was still okay. Like that's, that's the level of like some of this doujin sells real well, real, real well for a really long time. I can't wow. imagine if somebody redid the ending to Sex Criminals and made a shit ton of money and <laughs> people loved it better than what we did. With How character. does that feel, huh? <laughs> that would be, I don't think I'd be, I mean, I don't know, maybe that's just me. I don't think I'd be mad, but um, it, would, it would probably just be weird. It'd be complex. Like just such a, it would be complex, yeah, mm. yeah. I'd want the money, obviously, because I'm extremely <laughs> greedy. Ah, <laughs> uh, if only, if only. Yeah, uh, but the fan culture, the doujinshi that Chris mentioned, they're fun in part because it's also where you get to see the like original pilot of some manga. So, like, there's the yeah, magazine mm-hmm. pilot, which is like chapter one, maybe, or like a zero chapter. Then the doujinshi is like Todd McFarlane drawing Spawn at sixteen, kind of a vibe. Yeah, yeah. Like we can't replicate it here because our copyright law is a lot stronger. Mm. Like I can't just make a Spider-Man comic, but I mean, yeah, that, that's a discussion I've been having with people lately. You know, Hannah Blumenreich yeah, did mm-hmm. uh, her Spider-Man kind of. Oh, and they're great. You know, they're they're fantastic. Yeah, and then you know she sold them through Gumroad. I bought them, <laughs> but they were Gumroad. And, and and so Marvel was in the position like, oh, do we go after this uh, young lady? And they yes. didn't. As far as I know, that's good. And she actually did end up uh, writing and drawing some stuff for Marvel as a result. And uh, yeah, those, those are those are the good case scenarios here. But you're you're seeing more of it. I'm actually having you know I'll get people like contact me saying like, hey, do you know of any artists I can find to do my like Captain America fan comic? I'm like, well, uh, that's a weird position to put me in. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can point people towards general artists, like, but little you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Hey, you got the money. You got the money. I mean, wasn't another example like the Gabriel Piccolo doing all this Teen Titans fan art, and then he's he got commissioned to do the Raven and the Beast Boy books with Cami Garcia. Oh, that are now. Oh, best-sellers. I didn't realize that. That's cool. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, there's yeah. there's definitely that. I think there's a there's a space for that, right? Where someone yeah. shows their love for this character, and um, and it gets a lot of attention, and then well. Like for example, Nina Matsumoto, right? Nina Matsumoto mm. did a whole bunch of like, like uh, Simpsons parodies, and then she ended up working for Simps- doing Simpsons comics. Mm. She won an Eisner yeah. for her for her Simpsons sl- um, Death Note parody. Oh right, that ended up in it was like a Treehouse of Horror issue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it might have been different if she was doing it in the same medium, like if she was doing. A parody Simpsons animation, maybe they wouldn't have liked <laughs> that as much. Yeah, um, so, like because fan art, like doing pinups, fan art, like fan covers of, of characters and being recognized by Marvel or DC, like they're fine with that because you're not selling it and um, you're not trying to tell stories with the characters that could confuse the marketplace mm-hmm. as to whether or not these are legitimate stories being told of, you know, the Watchmen characters. Uh, banging each other i don't know <laughs> just just as an example of one of the comics i bought in japan <laughs> and then yeah i'm not i'm not taking the side of like marvel or dc but um i i think i think for them it's probably like 
when, when it seems like there's going to be some confusion as to what it is and whether or not it's real. Mm. That's probably when they step in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating though. Like just I've the, been on both the, sides the, of that kind of, in ways I don't want to talk about. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris did a whole comic where Spider-Man was left-handed and Marvel. Hated yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to introduce a, a thought that um, maybe this is kind of like, kind of rains on the parade of this book a little bit but mm-hmm. i have a friend in japan who finds the the cutification of yakuza to be very offensive mm. yeah that's a that's a problem here as well with uh with mafia because i've been i've been doing some mafia research for a book and uh one of the books i, I read was kind of a whole history of the mafia in america the, the writer starts off by saying like i hate mafia movies i hate all of it i hate i hate anything that like even slightly glorifies this. These are criminals. These are horrible people. They ruin lives. They're not just out for like their quick buck. Like they've done horrible things to people. And we just kind of like, we, we, we turn them into cartoon characters, whether, you know, it's on the Simpsons or in mm-hmm. comics. Um, and cause there's a, there's a real, like, you know, there's a real issue with the glorification of these characters. So I, I totally get that. Mm. It doesn't mean I don't enjoy the human. I don't love this book a lot, but I, I had to take that in. Like that—that's real, right? Because like the way that people are deathly afraid of this guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though yeah. he means no harm, yeah. means that there's a real perception out there about yakuza, right? I mean that like you still can't go to a lot of bathhouses to if you even have the slightest little dolphin tattoo on your on your stomach. Mm-hmm. And that's a rule designed explicitly to keep yakuza out, <laughs> and that's. Yeah, it's it's complicated. It is complicated. Actually, yeah, David, this is where I wanted to maybe introduce the Yakuza games. So yeah. this hit on Twitter, like you said. <laughs> like the first volume came out. It was huge on Twitter. People were losing their shit because it was in a kind of a small uh, magazine in Japan. Like I don't think a lot of people really were super aware of the serialization, but then the first volume came out. It did really, really well uh, in Japan. It blew up on Twitter. It's very funny. How much would it have blown up on Twitter if the Yakuza games hadn't actually built up this like groundswell of understanding of the sort of Yakuza world? Because like the memes of the main characters had become a really big thing. It's uh, mm-hmm. Kiria and um, I can't remember the crazy fucker in the tiger jacket. Goro Majima. <laughs> Yeah, like the memes of them being shipped had like infiltrated fan spaces and like the games all of a sudden were remade and available. A couple of them were made for free on PlayStation, on, on like P- PS Plus. So suddenly we had access to this like huge, huge Yakuza themed media push that had that had that had, you know, existed in Japan for a really long time and hadn't been as prevalent in the West. So mm. this gets announced uh, this this. Yakuza manga, suddenly we're all really a lot more familiar with Yakuza tropes and things like that. How do you think those things interacted, dude? I think it's 100% related because Yakuza 0 came out in 2017. Uh-huh. And it was set in the 80s, so there was like a very large amount of like glitz and glamour and like, uh, what is it, conspicuous consumption? Like you can slap people with money in that game. And it's yeah. a big deal. <laughs> um, <a> good game. <laughs> but you can also hire a chicken to manage your either baseball team or realty company or both. Sure. <laughs> and like they both exist in the same world. Like it's you're the same guy that's living the same story, but the mix is so good. And it kind of very much captured the heart of fans. 
And I think it also educated people about a lot of Yakuza things because like a lot of, we haven't gotten a, a lot of Yakuza penetration in the US, so to speak. Or they're being movies. very stealthy about it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, a sword in going into some guy's gut, Yakuza penetration. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, go on. Go on. Uh, I mean, in like pop culture and movies, like there, yeah. we get like the Ninja Turtles thing where it's like, oh, they're Japanese gangsters and it stops there. Mm. Yeah. And even like, you know, someone like Takeshi Kitano, who's like an amazing director, couldn't really get anything going over here. But mm. these games finally kind of taught people like, this is what it's like. Here are the tropes. Here are the kind of places they run around. Here's how they sound when they talk, which I think is another big mm. reason why it's so uh, popular. So Yakuza 0 comes out in 2017. Between 2017 and 2021, like four other Yakuza games have come out in the same series. Kind of mm. all pretty well received. And in the middle of that, this comes out. And it's like, oh, this is more of what we like. Like, we like these kind of uh, super heroic Yakuza characters where they're like very elevated reality. The gap between their inherent violence and the cartooniness of their setting is just a really nice mix. Mm. And I think that's why yeah. it's kind of like an edgy read, but it's not very dangerous. And they're, and they're hot. Yeah, that's yeah. that goes a long way. <laughs> but that's it's a tradition hotter in the fan movies, art. anyway. <laughs> I well, that's but that gets into what Deb was saying. It's like the I think the Yakuza games, the lead character, yeah, he like roughs people up for money and whatever, but like he has this like this code, this like you know way of you know bushido sort of a situation where he's going to be the honorable yakuza, so no drug dealing, which is a thing that happens with a lot of mafia you know stuff as well. No, no this or no that. No, no fucking up anybody who doesn't deserve it. He has an orphanage. Yeah, he like he literally yeah he runs an orphanage and helps people on the street. Like those like I played through Kiwami and I, which is a remake of the first yakuza game, and it's great. Like it's super super good and deep. You could just spend infinite amounts of time in there you know in the batting cages alone or whatever there's a there's a batting cages you can go to this is the kind of game that people who are worried that they're going to disappear down a game rabbit hole and like lose weeks of their life should not play because uh, it has that kind of thing going on for is it, it. how's it big different a, than like a grand theft auto for example same no thing, it's as big it's executed. as big as a grand theft auto oh. i think yeah um it's fun like grand theft auto games used to be Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the the big difference and probably where the danger lies, you know, bringing it back to, you know, where the house husband and Deb's mm-hmm. friend's reaction mm-hmm. is the perhaps false uh, reflection of what Yakuza is, but just realistic enough to give people who play the games the thought that that's what the Yakuza's are and they do mm-hmm. have, yeah. that they follow these codes that maybe they don't actually follow similar to like Italian mafia. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think way of the house husband is so over the top and cartoony that I, I, I do not, I do not think anything to do with this is reflective of real life at all. But, but maybe I haven't played the games, but maybe the games have that effect more. So mm. it's almost like two games, like the parody. It's like if you did the parody of the Godfather and the Godfather and then stitch them together, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> huh, that's but no, yeah. it's right. It's the um. There's definitely a danger of desensit- desensitization. Uh, it's like Nazi zombies in video games. We're like, look, you're gonna like devalue the concept of a Nazi, and yeah. you're like, well, no, probably not. And then it turns out we kind of did. Definitely the same risk here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they sh- the Nazis in video games now should just be like, just like 
white dudes with tiki torches, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> to kind of reset it a bit. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I struggle with that too, you know, writing a book like Daredevil, which, you know, touches upon real life crime and real life systems, but with mm-hmm. a guy dresses the devil, um, <laughs> it, 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 it's hard. It's, and you know, Spider-Man swinging by, like it's hard to like, to not glorify a mm-hmm. thing. Uh, while you're trying to tell this, you know, comic book story. But anyways, mm-hmm. I, the way of the house husband, I feel, uh, manages to pull it off. I probably couldn't read it if my life was directly <laughs> affected by the Yakuza. <laughs> so I do understand that. But I'm still going to buy volume five. Uh, so we're, I think we're probably at the point now where we should take a break for our sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the thing that we have. <laughs> the Yakuza for this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> are, are you guys just trying to swing for like a games sponsorship game no. yeah. Sponsorship yeah, yeah. <laughs> I already own all the games it's useless for me it's only good for Chris I don't know all the games I only I actually have two but I haven't I haven't I actually bought two and I haven't played it yet because it's like I didn't have 80 hours and then yeah. of course I played Final Fantasy 7 in the interim so I did have 80 hours <laughs> Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. And we're back. So, final thoughts. Way of the house husband. Chris, let's start with you. As I mentioned at the outset, I really liked it. I think Viz did a really good job with this and the translation. The design I really like. feels like they really, I don't know how much was in the original Japanese, but it feels like they really put their stamp on this and made it, like, owning this physical volume just feels really nice. Like, even the down to the matte finish on the cover. They did a good job on this one, and I am happy to own it, happy to have it on my shelf. Really beautiful design stuff. Yeah, this is this is the kind of thing that you could, the gags work on their own. You could just give it to anybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't, the more the more you know about Yakuza stuff, if you've played the games or watched a few films, you're going to get even more out of it, but you don't, it's not a prerequisite, I think. I, I am so glad Viz picked this up. I'm so glad we're doing this episode just in time for the anime, which is debuting I think two days after this episode goes live, it's going to be on Netflix on the 8th, and this should be up on the 6th if everything, knock on wood, knock on wood, goes okay. So, Woo-hoo. yeah, check it out. Thanks, Chip, for, for for picking it. Or, sorry, thanks, Dev, for recommending it originally. <laughs> thanks, Chip, yes. for realizing his mistake <laughs> and then going back and picking it up after he had originally said no. I don't recall Deb suggesting it. Anyways, David, <laughs> what did you think? Uh, so I don't have a print edition like Chris, but I think the electrons on my digital edition are really high quality, maybe even mm-hmm. artisanal. Um, but no, I like it. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes are really strong. The logo, I think, is really PDFs. sharp. I think, uh, I'm not sure who designed the logo. Maybe Alice Lewis. But it's a great translation of the Japanese logo, I think. Mm. And I don't know, if you like gangster movies and really goofy bugs bunny jokes like this is it's just good all around i think yeah mm. for sure deb what do you think of this oh i just love this book i mean i love um, i love a manga that i can recommend to almost anybody 
because mm. it has some it really does have something for everybody it's it's funny it's well drawn um it's got cats it's got cute guys <laughs> it's got some cooking <laughs> i mean it's, it's it's even got some sports in there so it, it's pretty much your it's pretty much your buffet of manga <laughs> tropes <laughs> all in one one series yeah yeah and uh as everyone already can discern from my gushing about this book uh it's the best it's my new favorite book and uh i'm on the hook for volume five when it comes out <laughs> i'm looking forward to uh watching the anime and uh not enjoying it <laughs> um, so yeah we all love it everyone go out and buy it now we're going to open up the old uh twitter mailbag nice by a panel of experts that are going to answer a question Posted by some rando on Twitter. <laughs> so uh, David Bednar at Ycarps on Twitter asks, who was the first Western comics artist you could discern had a manga influence? Hmm. All right. Who wants to jump in? Uh, I can jump in. Right. So my answer is Joe Matarea mm. for kind of obvious reasons. I feel in hindsight, like you look at that guy and you think manga and anime. Hmm. But the older I get, the more I realize a lot of artists I had had a manga influence. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know enough about manga to recognize it. Oh, okay. Who 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 amongst those? I think Frank Miller is probably the most famous, mm-hmm. where yeah, he yeah. you know studied uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, uh, Kazuo Kooke and Koseki Kojima, and it turns out a lot of the Image founders were fans of Masamune Shiro's Appleseed. Mm-hmm. And okay. when you go back and look at it after reading Appleseed, you're like, oh, that's where all the buckles and pouches and stuff came from yeah oh. that's why it looks like weird sci-fi paramilitary stuff it's like oh it's like this is apple seed oh that's amazing todd mcfarland's fucked backgrounds out of akira for batman year two which is <laughs> totally a real thing that happened no um, yes wow. <laughs> so stuff like that where you're like oh people have been on the ball for years i just didn't know enough to know but yeah, yeah. joe Matarea is my official answer that's like discovering that miso is a secret ingredient in your favorite chocolate chips cookies you know it's like what (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing yeah uh i want to i want to give a shout out to wendy peeney who did elf quest i interviewed her once and she was she kind of said like well if you really think about it i'm like the first western western uh original manga creator she mentioned hmm. being really influenced by anime and her character designs and the stories that she tells. Um, mm. I mean, I was going to say Frank Miller, of course, because you can see almost like a panel to panel thing with uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, right? Yeah. I think the story was, I think, um, Rory Root at Comic Relief gave <laughs> gave him Lone Wolf and Cub and then kind of ran with it. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> How about uh, you, Chris? I... Uh didn't realize until people actually just said it so i was on the internet really early as as a lad and so i would be in you know like uh, chat rooms and stuff news news groups with with actual creators and like it would be someone like colleen duran saying oh i love manga and it's really influenced my work on uh i want to say wandering star um is it a distant uh, soil distant soil thank you yep Thank you. I'm very old. I don't remember <laughs> things from earlier years ago. But like Colleen Duran, Adam Warren was, Adam was Warren, maybe the yeah. first yeah, person. Sure. And then like yeah. as soon as I started watching 
anime i could see anime influences but i didn't really understand the manga influences which were more storytelling oriented and then anime which was more surface Mm -hmm. for for a number of years afterwards and then especially obviously when i was in high school when that stuff got really big the image stuff everyone you know, everyone would be like, oh, you're drawing like anime, you're drawing like anime. And it's like, no, I'm drawing like Rumiko Takahashi, like the monk. <laughs> I'm drawing <laughs> but, uh, like me. I'm drawing like me. But no, I still draw like, I still like draw like manga. <laughs> I can't, I can't get I don't think I've ever seen your drawings, Chris. Yeah. Oh yeah. I used to draw, I have sketchbooks and sketchbooks full. Oh, I made gosh. many comics the whole wow. time. What were you saying about on Warren Man? Uh, he's a really good uh, name to drop here, I think, because he's one of kind of yeah. the foremost American manga guys or North American manga guys. Yeah, I don't and know if that's just a style this. thing, but even the storytelling, like his approach to action, his approach to character characterization, uh, yeah. his work on Dirty Pair and uh, all that stuff back in the day and empowered is fantastic. And he's committed to this style. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> he kills it. I was I was actually gonna say Adam Warren. That was gonna be my pick. Yeah, because that was my friend Ben who got me into manga. I remember him showing me Dirty Pair and being like, "This guy isn't even Japanese." I'm like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what is this?" I'm I'm totally gonna uh, your uh, Lone Wolf and Cub thing. Deb reminds me of a story that Jerry Duggan, comics writer, told me recently. Mm-hmm. He had a correspondence with Steve Ditko, co-creator of Spider Man. Uh, over a period of years, uh, sending him letters. And at one point, he, uh, I forget how it came about, but he he suggested Lone Wolf and Cub to Steve Ditko. <laughs> wow. And uh, he did, it took a while to hear back from Ditko, and he was like, oh, did I piss him off? Like, does he hate manga? Like, what have I done? And uh, Ditko wrote back, and he's like, um, thank you for the recommendation. Lone Wolf and Cub is an absolute masterpiece. I love it. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. Wow. He, he got it out of the library and took Jerry to kind of a little bit, I guess, to realize it. But Dicko meant the, uh, the movie. Oh, actually, I meant the, uh, the book, the manga. Is a, it was originally a comic. You should check it out. And I guess Dicko wrote back. He's like, Oh no, I'll I'll never read that. I don't think any comic could uh, reach the heights of this movie. Oh wow! <laughs> oh how wrong oh. he was. That's so good. <laughs> I know it's a scary story to tell, and I'm sure I just That's butchered a great it. Story though. I, I know it, I, he posted bits of it on Twitter. I think so. Oh I feel free to free to say it. <laughs> yeah. So th- those are those are excellent answers. Uh, as host, I am bringing us to the next section, which is <laughs> shoutouts. What are you all consuming that you want to shout out this week? I feel like, David, you should probably go first since we talked about the Yakuza games that you love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to recommend a few Yakuza movies. Uh, just ones that are fun, easy to find. Uh, there's one called First Love, directed by Mike, And he does normally super violent stuff. And this is also super violent, but it's fun, really funny. <laughs> okay. A boxer rescues a girl who's on the run from the police, and he doesn't realize uh, what a mess he's about to get into. But then there's also uh, the Battles of Honor and Humanity are easy to find. They're, they used to be called the Japanese Godfather, which is really diminishing and insulting. But it's like that important. Like you should watch it. Yeah. Mm. And finally, the Outrage series by Takeshi Kitano, which he wrote by writing a bunch of ways that people could be murdered on post-it notes and then <laughs> rearranging them into a storyboard <laughs> and shooting it. So that one's not for the kids at all. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Deb, how about you? Okay, I'm going to continue 
David's recommendations on the Yakuza theme. If you like the idea of lovable and hot gangsters, there is, if you like shoujo manga, there's one called A Girl and Her, Do- Her Guard Dog, about a girl who is a, like a, basically a Yakuza princess. Her dad, her grandfather is a Yakuza boss, and her the, the Yakuza underling, who is basically her bodyguard, who decides to go to high school with her in, as an undercover. Um, the other one is called Boss Wife, which is by Mayu Sakurai. And that one is about a woman who is a debt, and she gets reacquainted with her high school crush, who is now a mobster. Nice. So that's, there's both the sexy one mm-hmm. and the just barely romantic one. <laughs> Chris? I am still deep in Valheim, the Viking world of building and slaying monsters this week. You moved on from Animal Crossing to that? It's the same game. Uh, (laughs) It's the same game. Okay. Uh, You you build a little house with a little island and with your little friends and, you know, you keep upkeeping and keep building and like building these relationships except the relationships are with real people who are playing with you and you actually have way more customization options for building your your house your viking base so i've been doing only that but it scratches the same itch as animal crossing but with just like every once in a while you get an axe and you just go fuck up some trolls uh, and it's <laughs> which you can't do in animal crossing <laughs> yet yeah i actually haven't yeah, i haven't yeah. gotten to the mario stuff in animal crossing maybe you could start stomping on the heads of the villagers you don't like mario Ooh. brothers style but uh, i don't think so i don't think they're gonna let me do that but uh yeah it's it's a really good game that is still in like the alpha it's 20 bucks on steam uh Whoa. I, I recommend it if you are looking to pass the <laughs> stay inside your house time right now it's uh it's just deep enough without being all consuming is there such a thing as viking manga yes yes, <laughs> yes. I've been okay, all right okay all right well we'll talk about it next time oh, <laughs> that's on my recommended Oh. You sound way too excited for like a 30 second. Yeah, it's this. So we'll, we'll tackle it later. Just <laughs> you wait. You'll be sorry you said that. Oh, no, I know. I know. <laughs> My shout outs this week are volumes two to four of A Way of the House Husband. Nice. <laughs> way to go, buddy. Consumed me this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it for me. All right. Well, it seems like we've all enjoyed uh, this week's manga. Uh, almost to a ridiculous degree. Thanks for joining us. And uh, on behalf of Chris, Deb, David, and myself, we'll talk to you next time. I've been a host this time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. This has been Manga Explaining Episode 8, featuring The Way of the House Husband. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Seven Billion Needles, published by Vertical Inc. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode.